Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Strategy Hero podcast, the podcast that's all about diving into the world of business strategy, transformation, and operational excellence. Today, I'm joined by Kit Jackson. Having spent more than 35 years helping leading organizations manage strategic change, Kit is the global expert and thought leader in strategy mapping. She has served as the director of strategy management for Wrexham and is now the managing partner of Strategy Together. Kit is also a personal strategy coach, helping people fulfill their whole of life aspirations. But today, she is our strategy hero. Welcome, Kit. Thanks very much, James. Um, so Lovely. I guess I should start with a, a little introduction. Please do. Um, well, I was reflecting uh, this week uh, on the influences in my career. Um, particularly as Dr. David Norton, the co-founder of Balance Scorecard, passed away last week. Um, and really, he and Bob Kaplan have been fundamental to shaping my, my career for the last um, couple of decades. So if I think about starting around 2000, the previous decade, I had focused entirely on performance improvement, implementation consulting in some fairly crazy places in the world, um, like Bosnia and Southern Africa, in uh, largely in manufacturing businesses, mines and um, heavy industry. And so in 2000, I moved from South Africa to Australia, and I'd recently learned about Balance Scorecard and I was lucky enough to be invited to join um, their organization that was launching in Sydney, Balance Scorecard Collaborative. Um, and that uh, was a fundamental career pivot for me. Um, I learned about executing strategy using strategy maps and balance scorecard. Um, and it became something that um, became something that I used uh, as a way of thinking, I guess. So uh, from from there, I moved back to the UK and um, worked with Balance Scorecard Collaborative and then their their follow-on organisation, Palladium, um, and left in the late two thousands. Um, when I was leading their London office. And that's actually when I came into contact with iNexus. First, um, uh, was introduced to iNexus and we worked as business partners uh, there and with that part of my career. And then I, I moved out into my own business and continued working with Kaplan and Norton um, in my own business and took a foray into, into um, industry where I was, uh, responsible for uh, strategy management across the group of, of Wrexham. Um, and that's where I became a client of iNexus. So we had a different relationship. Um, and then my responsibility was to, to align the whole organization around the strategy um, using Balance Scorecard um, and the strategy execution principles. But more than using it in um my career and uh, business 
side of things, it became uh, a way of thinking for me personally. So in the move across from Australia to the UK, um, I had something of a, a personal challenge in that my husband was um, diagnosed with cancer um, and given a very short time to, to live. And we had a fairly difficult circumstance. Um, and I used uh, my strategy mapping understanding to um, to really think about how you would have a personal strategy for, for life, founded on your values, um, working towards your, your purpose and aspirations with clear uh, priorities for yourself, your relationships and your, your career contributions. And that became a key part of, of what I do. Um, and so my purpose now, and I guess that's a good way to describe uh, what I now do, um, because it encapsulates um, all that I'm, that I, um, who I am and what I do. My purpose is to enable individuals, teams, and whole organizations to make better strategic choices in the present mm -hmm. and lead, shape, and influence our future positively. Um, and so I, I tend to work now in the intersection between strategy, leadership, um, and culture, because one of the things I've learned um, over my and it's now um, over 35 years, in fact, um, which is a bit worrying uh, that, that uh, my career spans, is that strategy is only as good as the capability to execute it. Um, and the strategy map provides that ability to describe that capability underpinned by culture and leadership um, and the balance scorecard to, to govern it. Um, so that's that's where I uh, a sort of a quick run through of my my CV, I guess, and an introduction to myself. Um, and uh, it's interesting. I we were just talking beforehand. I've just come back from another expedition to Antarctica, um, and. People say, why, why are you going to Antarctica? What, what, what's the expedition about? It's part right. of a leadership initiative uh, called Homeward Bound Projects. Um, and the, the purpose of that, the aim of that leadership initiative is to equip women uh, and non-binary people with a STEM background uh, to... Uh, change the leadership model and affect different outcomes uh, for the future of our planet. Um, not a small, <laughs> not a small um, no, ambition no. there, obviously. <laughs> um, and going to Antarctica is a perfect, uh, a perfect backdrop. It's a perfect um, uh, place to really bring all of the elements together to think about why we make strategic choices um, 
the impact of the strategic choices we make as individuals, as as organizations and nations, um, and how we how we can lead and influence to affect those those outcomes by making different strategic choices. Um, and how do we lead uh, in uncertain circumstances? So when you're on a ship um, navigating uh, with ice coming at you from all directions, um, trying to duck and dive out of um, some of the most uh, unprecedented weather systems that we've had in terms of their severity and duration. Um, and you're running a, a leadership program um, at the same time as landing and um, navigating this these uncertain circum circumstances. It's a great um, opportunity to practice um, that that central theme of emergence, ad adaptive adaptive leadership, and sort of dynamic decision making. Um, and the the outcome of of the expedition we have for each cohort. So I was with a cohort of 109 um, people, wow. um, and plus 12 faculty. And the outcome is that we work together and collaborate on some really significant projects right. uh, that bring together um, all these different disciplines. Um, so, so yes, it's, it's great um, being involved uh, in something like this. I've been involved. Uh, I'm a founding member, founding faculty, and I've been involved with that for for um, eight years. Um, but it's a great way to to be able to practice adaptive leadership and strategic leadership. Yeah, which is it's it's interesting you say that, Kit, because. I feel that um, you know I've, I've had the privilege to talk to quite a lot of your peers um, through through this podcast, and what has come across to me is that the people that excel and stand out, and why we call you strategy heroes, the people that are able to do that are those that don't just look at um, you know look look at strategy in a very uh, traditional way. You know, oh, I'm in a manufacturing organization, and I need to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and I have you know these these efficiencies to to generate, et cetera, et cetera. It's people that we talk to that um, are looking at ways to take the skills that they've generated through their for their you know the beginning of their career and then apply it to something more meaningful. Uh, and that's not to say there's nothing uh, that is not meaningless to to generate profit or efficiencies. But when you look at something more meaningful, like like you're talking about here, Kit, with the expedition, um, I feel that I feel privileged to be able to talk to people like like yourselves because I think that there is a lot more to be said about working with um, people that are able to make a difference in the world. And just just on that point, obviously there's a there's a lot that you touched upon in terms of your bio. Um, do you do you feel that it's always been something that you've been interested in in terms of doing something more meaningful with the skills that you generated? And how did you get yourself into a position where you thought, okay, well this isn't really what I want to be doing day to day. I want to be able to take these business lessons and apply them into my life, like you said with with strategy maps um, and then the expedition. So many strategists um, 
will say, yes, I've I've got a very clear um, view of where I wanted to go and I worked through and got to that place. I cannot say that my life and career has been uh, carefully planned out. Um, I would say that I've used strategy mapping thinking as a navigational guide, um, which has allowed me to to react dynamically to opportunities um, and threats, I guess. Uh, So I've always wanted to make a difference. Um, That was clear right from my consulting career in the days when I was doing business turnarounds. What was great there that we really did make business turnarounds and make a difference to people's lives, not just organizational profitability. It was people's lives um, that that really um, was was important to me and changing changing culture. Um, Difficult culture is one of my favorite things and in challenging environments, you know, Bosnia before the war and um, doing doing things that um, actually is going to make a difference. And then thinking about strategy, not in an intellectual way, um, but rather in a way that's pragmatic um, and clear and not just uh, organizationally. Um, strategy and being more strategic is all about um, making better choices. If you want a different life, you need to make different choices. So it's how do you make those different choices? Um, so I think my my purpose has shifted a little bit over the three plus decades. It was always about making a difference. Um, and then when I learned about Balanced Scorecard, it was all about changing the way the world manages strategy. And now I think it's it's broader than that as I've matured in understanding more about what it takes to make strategy happen and understanding that it's not just about the intellectual understanding, the intellectual analysis. Mm. It's It's all about actually having something meaningful that you're working to, whether you are um, executing strategy for yourself or executing strategy for a multinational um, complex conglomerate. Um, it's got to be meaningful and relevant and you've got to understand what the choices are. Mm. We, <clears throat> we've, um, we've interviewed um a guest before that that talked about the importance of uh values in terms of setting breakthrough goals three to five year goals that are really going to turn turn around the business and and set it off in a different trajectory and and um it was frederick fielstadt who's a, an author around hoshin and lean and, and he talked about how um unless you have those values and that direction set then everything else that that could follow is naturally going to fall apart because you don't have a purpose. When it comes to your work more around personal strategy, could you just walk us through what you mean by how you you know you apply strategy maps to personal strategy and just give, give an example of how that could look and, and why that's so valuable? 
Yeah, so I would say that values are fundamentally important in organizational strategy as well. So I'll, I'll answer that um, secondarily. Um, in personal strategy, what we see that even if you're not sure where you're where you're absolutely headed, you can still make decisions based on your values. So understanding your values is critical for being clear about the choices you're making, um, which is what being more strategic is all about. Um, often people do values exercises that just focus on a broad set of values. One of the things we look at in personal strategy is the the congruence between yourself, your relationships with others, and your work and contribution. And often people can identify the values they have in their roles that they, uh, uh, the roles and their, and their identity. So if you identify as a, a parent, a, a partner, um, a son or daughter, a sibling, um, you know, having values around relationships and family um, and having values around how you operate at work. But often it's quite hard to uncover what your values really are for yourself, for your own identity. And often they get... Um, they get muddled up with or or subsumed by your values in the other two areas. So it's really an important exercise to think about what it is. Who, who am I? How do I show up? And what do I value? Um, and it's not a case of choosing values. Values, uh, you don't choose them. They choose you. And you might not like what you value, but it is who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I have I have friends who say, and I wish I didn't value justice in the way that I do because it gets me into all sorts of trouble. I sometimes wish I didn't value courage as much as I do because it takes me to some um, quite um, interesting but not necessarily wise places. Um, you know, there's there's uh, just understanding what you value is actually really fundamental to then being able to say, uh, as I say, it's not what you want to be. I wish I was more caring or more this mm. or more ambitious. It's not about what you want to be. It's about what you, who you actually are and what you value. So James Clear has a great quote, which is your current habits are perfectly designed to deliver your current results. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to become. So if you want to become more strategic or more something, as you, whatever you aspire to, then how are you aligning your, your actions and your behaviours? So identifying what who it is you wish to become in terms of your aspiration um, and your purpose then allows you to think about, well, I've got a foundation of my values. I know where I would like to be. Um, it's And the aspiration is about being, not doing. So mm. it's who I wish to be, become, as opposed to what I want to do. I can then set my priorities in terms of the key areas. And the 
the methodology now for personal strategy has matured and developed over the years that I've been using it. And we use it as one of the, the containers for the Homeward Bound um, mm -hmm. program mm -hmm. so that so often in leadership programs, you come up with all these insights and you have an action plan. There's a architects will know that there is a transition from an idea that you have in one dimension, which is in your brain, and you have to articulate it. You've got to tell the story. You've got to be able to write it down, which is your second dimension, before you can actually take action. Um, so in personal strategy, you have the ideas and your intentions. You need to articulate it in terms of these are um, these are the choices I'm making and then to be able to translate it into um, into actions, which is in our in our um, three, six, nine, 12 month plan. Mm. So. So, yes, uh, it's a longer answer to a short question, but the values are fundamental to actually explore who I am and how I show up in these three different areas um, so that the choices I'm making are fundamentally congruent and in and uh, congruent across my whole of life and uh, in line with the aspirations of who I wish to become. What sort of people do you work with? If if this is a, um, you know, and, and it sounds like this applies to everyone, like that everyone can find a value from this. Do you find a particular type of person that wants to work with you on personal strategy? That's really interesting. Um, it's not really a typical type of person. Um, mm. I do a lot of work with women, mm. um, largely because I have um, around 800 women that go through the program with me from Homeward Bound. Um, so that's a you know, good, good start. The thing is, is that the, the sort of people who are interested in personal strategy are people who um, are thinking about making a shift. Um, and in one's career, one's often thinking about, I'm at a crossroads. I'm often thinking about, well, I might be making a shift in one of my relationships or in um, putting in different boundaries or how I might develop a relationship, or I might be making a shift in terms of what, what I want to do for myself. So often it's people who are considering um, some sort of transition in some part of their life, which is most of us most of the time. Um, how, however, um, I would also say that the sort of people that uh, find particular value in it are people who want to be more strategic about about life whether saying i want i want to be more strategic or i've been asked to be more strategic in um the work that i do how can i be more strategic in my contribution in my current role how can i think about what's the next horizon and the contributions or the choices i'm making in the next horizon or how can i contribute more meaningfully um either in my current role or in a in a by contributing to a charity or a, or a community or, or um, some um, purpose-led organization. So there's that, how do I be more strategic in my 
uh, professional life, how do I be more strategic for my own well-being um, and for my own self and for my own legacy so that I I make the most of every day? Um, so often I hear from, from uh, leaders who, uh, whether it's professional or personal life, they know that being more strategic is fundamental and it's critical to the success, the future success of their organization and for themselves and their families. Yet, virtually everybody will say, I don't make the time to be strategic. I'm too busy fighting fires, doing things, transactional um, items. I'm, I'm um, rewarded and recognized for immediacy. We value busyness. Um, and in, in fact, um, we feel quite uncomfortable with sitting with the uncertainty and the sort of deep reflection that comes from being more strategic. Um, and so we avoid it, um, mm. fill, our, fill our days with the, the um, multitudinous uh, insignificant items that actually in 10 years time, we really won't remember a jot about, mm. but is this a, it's a form of work avoidance that we know it's important to be more strategic, yet we don't find the time to do it. So having having the opportunity to take some time out. So like in Homeward Bound, we have the opportunity to be in a completely isolated environment. Um, we have that moment to actually do that deep reflection um, and do that for whether it's for ourselves our families uh, and relationships and and work so um so yes uh, i i work with whole organizations leadership teams um i worked with uh, an organization in in barbados during covid um which was obviously a very tough dig mm. gig um and the CEO uh, recognized um, the importance of values, starting, uh, starting with values because we wanted to shift the culture and shift the strategy. Um, and that follows on from your previous question. Um, and also how important it was for each individual in that organization to be thinking more strategically and shift the way they they. Um, think from being defensive um, to being more constructive and and strategic in their own lives. So they offered uh, the organizer off offered um, a certain number of places on the personal strategy program that I deliver um, mm. to anybody in the organization. So I had uh, everybody from the executive leadership team and um, cashiers. Wow. In the in the program. So it's uh I, I would say typically majority of the people I work with are leaders. Mm. Um but it's not um not restricted to that. And and I also have a significant family significant number of family members <laughs> that that do this with me too. I'm sure I'm sure you have plenty of our listeners now uh, uh interested kids. Um it's interesting 
you know, you, you talk about how we're finding it hard or we're creating excuses perhaps, and these are not exactly your words, but we're creating excuses for not dedicating time towards strategic thinking. And it reminds me of uh, a book I read earlier this year, um, uh, all about deep work. And, and how important it is to be able to find time in the day where you just switch off your, your cell phone, your laptop, um, any way anyone can get in touch with you and you just focus on a particular piece of work. Now that could be, you know, for some people that could be, uh, um, you know, doing their tax, uh, tax filings, for example. For other people that could be, and I think this is one of the stories in the book, is the CEO sat at his desk looking out into you know in you know, downtown somewhere in, in in the US in a city and he was asked why he was he was doing that a little bit later on because people thought he was just being lazy <laughs> and 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 it turned out that that was sort of the catalyst for the business that he he was you know leading be able to turn around their fortunes when when you talk to people is there a, is there a catalyst for those people to come to you and i know you said that there's there's you know they feel there's a need to change or there's a life event that makes them realize i need to change but is there something in that person are they open to this sort of change are they open to learning who are the sort of people that you work best with um with personal strategy it's a it's an interesting question um because People often come to me and say, yes, I, I I know I need to do some work on personal strategy, um, but I'm just not ready to do it or it's it's a bit hard, it's a bit difficult. Um, and it's often um, when it's provided for people mm -hmm. um, or somebody provides a reference and says, I, I really think you would find this of value or um it comes as part of a a uh, a leadership initiative um that people will come back and go oh my word this is this is so powerful it's it's um it's really provided a tangible framework for me to make choices as opposed to just reading a book and coming up with um and i work with a lot of quite pragmatic people so they're they would describe some of the some of the books and the content out there is quite woo woo. <laughs> um, and um, I would say this isn't woo woo. It's very clear around um, having a having a, a solid outcome um, mm. and a framework to work work towards, so that you can. Um, really help articulate what's in your head and get what's in your head out of your head and be able to tell the story of where where you want to get to and and how and why um, and what your priorities are. So um, it's often people who who really need it mm. who are the greatest deniers of of um i can't possibly do it or or i'll have somebody okay. say well i can't i can't work um uh with with boxes and frameworks mm -hmm. um and it's interesting to to be able to say okay well what's what's getting in your way here um so 
really really interesting and sometimes i'll i'll have an interaction with somebody and three years later they know they come back and go now i'm really ready for it um there there needs to be a sense of i am ready to make some choices in my life mm. because actually we as humans we love to talk about what thing why things aren't right and you know i'm just surviving i'm getting on yeah and it's wasting time you we don't value the privilege of life enough and not everybody has the privilege to live as long as we do or we have already so there's a sense in me to say you need to make the most of of every day because you don't know when you that privilege might be taken away from you mm. so make the most of every day and the best time to start thinking about what how to live your best life is today of and i would say there's a lot of people that use the end of the year as a mm. as an opportunity to uh to, to do that thinking yeah when uh in, in terms of you know looking at this perhaps through a for a business lens you talk about the importance of creating space um and, and, and kind of being able to curate a strategic mindset when we were uh when we were talking before recording in fact the very first time that we we got to speak you mentioned the and 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 culture <laughs> and obviously it's stuck it's stuck in my brain could you just explain what that is and and why it's important uh in the context of what we're talking about today strategy is about choices and it's about what you choose to do and what you choose not to do because you can't do everything you've got limited resources um so one has to has to make choices as leaders we expect our teams to uh do a number of things and to prioritize most people i talk to are pretty overwhelmed um they are absolutely swamped um in the desire to collaborate they attend every meeting they um they have their set of priorities and then during the year uh, they're asked to add to their priorities and what this creates is the overflowing plate syndrome where you have an and an and and culture of here are your priorities and can you do this and can you do that and people then don't really know what their priorities are so it's very difficult um oh it's impossible really for people to make decisions independently and therefore gain a uh, be able to to have a sense of achievement and to achieve if they're not clear on the basis of those decisions so when you have an overflowing plate syndrome in the organization it's typically because those strategic priorities have not been made appropriately at the outset um, when setting the strategy and if they have been made, they haven't been communicated well. If you're able to communicate those clear priorities, and by priorities, I don't mean we need to do this and this and this and this. It's 
Well, in this situation, we'll choose this over that and that over this. So we've got a clear sense of this is where we're putting our, our bucks. Um, this is how to make decisions. Um, and it's actually working through several contexts. Um, and this is where the, the values come in very, very helpfully, actually, and, and behaviors. Because when you talk to a leadership team and you say, well, what, what would you prioritize, commercial over ethics? Oh, definitely ethics. Definitely. And then you say, so in this situation, how mm -hmm. would you expect your team to prioritize? Oh, well, that that has a serious impact on on um, on our, our revenue or well, that has a serious impact. Um, so, you know, we would really need to think about um reprioritizing so okay so actually what you're saying is in this circumstance it would be um you'd be prioritizing an ethical behavior you wouldn't be prioritizing an unethical behavior but it would be closer to the line um how do your people know about that how do your people know what to value what is expected in the organization so when you ask me about values and how important they are they are absolutely fundamental to executing a strategy successfully um, because they set what is expected in an organization. The lived values tell you, tell you how to prioritize. Mm. So if you're going to set a strategy around um, one particular area or multiple areas, being able to say, well, what this means is in our behaviors and what we're going to value um is this and a supporting behavior associated with our value would be this this is what we're looking for in terms of a behavior something that might trip us up or not support that value would be this and those are one some of the things that we sometimes get caught up in doing so if we if we notice that we're getting going down that line and getting caught up in those unsupporting behaviors we need to be able to call people out because that's not the culture and the behaviors that is going to support us to get to where we're going. Typically with strategy, it's very analytical um, and we don't translate it into what does that mean in terms of making decisions and behaving um, so that the culture, the intangible assets, the way we behave supports the strategy. And every leader, in every decision and every action that they take will set that culture. And if we've set extremely high targets, for example, and that leader decides, well, I'm going to um, push my people extremely hard. And so what I'm going to do is, is recognize and reward people for um, sending emails over, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and getting stuff done and um, pushing everything out to me for, for checking. Um, that builds the culture. So every, every action behavior that a leader takes, however far down the organization, will be setting the, setting the culture and it will drive, um, it will drive what, what you can and can't achieve. Um, ultimately in the organization so it's it's a it's an ecosystem and that's where that's where we we fall down 
because we mm-hmm. think that if we've just set a direction um, and put out there, yes, we want to grow by this amount and we want to have a certain amount of productivity and we want to go and get some new customers and we want to be highly innovative. Um, now everybody prioritize on that basis. But if you've not been clear as to what that means and how people in the organization are going to make decisions, then it's not a strategy. Um, and it's the same for an organization, a team, and in, and an individual. If I say, well, I, you know, I want to become a professor, but actually I'm not going to do anything that's going to take me towards that outcome or I want to be somebody who's much more caring but I I don't uh, have the value of that and I don't behave in that way that that outcome is just not going to happen so the 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 behaviors it's both the what people would call soft which in fact very hard side of the behavior the leadership behaviors and the clarity of what are the trade-offs in the strategy? Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the one of the original goals of launching this podcast was to talk to you what I feel is a gap out there in terms of just content and sharing knowledge around what we, you know, what you just said, Kit, are soft leadership skills, but they're not, they're hard. And the fact that no one uh, is is really talking to them in a broad sense to me it tells you know says to me that we still haven't cracked that and it leads me on to uh, i guess a question for you we talk a lot about or see a lot about um, there's a strategy to execution gap and you can throw any stat out there and i think the most you know the the most predominant one is is 67% of strategies fail from you know strategy to execution do you would you say that it's fair that um that is you know the tip the the tip of the iceberg is is that gap in in the sense of we know it exists but underneath it there's actually a lot that we're not talking about and I I'm getting the sense that values and and behaviors are two things that really need to be brought to the top of the agenda for leaders uh, in terms of addressing why they're setting a target at A and they end up with nothing close to A absolutely um it comes back to the way we lead Hmm. and if if we want different outcomes we need to make different choices and the leadership model that we have at the moment is not delivering sustainable outcomes it's not delivering um on the the benefits that the the vision promises Hmm. so it does come back to it does come back to leadership and it comes back to strategic thinking if we are constantly focused on on the short term um, and the immediate situation um, and not enabling our teams to step up and step into having that that thinking that is more um, it's not out there I'm not talking about thinking that we're going to you know, create some new product or whatever it's it's about how do I Think about things in a much more connected, purposeful, um, 
somewhat longer term and sort of contextual way mm. so that um we can we can think about the the longer term impact and implications so i, I was actually i was talking to one of my clients this morning about um the large amount of initiatives that we have sitting um, against the strategy execution framework and so often what happens is that we when we're doing reporting we just give a status update of of our particular initiative right even if we say i'm looking forwards into the future and what the implications might be of us not hitting this milestone or this hitting this milestone early or whatever what we're not typically doing is saying how do i practice collaboration as a mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. so how am i thinking about the way that i'm reporting on this initiative to think well because we've now got to this milestone i can alert this other initiative owner to say well that might enable you to start earlier or it will enable us to be able to start thinking about this situation or as we are, have moved um through the context has changed and rather than just continuing on the 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 way that we had planned it we need to make adjustments and integrate two initiatives together but to and to think about how they operate all together as a portfolio to move the dial on the strategy how often do we get to the end of the year and the initiatives have not given us the benefit realization we haven't really thought about them in the way that they they integrate and they they move the dial strategically and have and we we either find funding to just keep moving or or we decide that we shouldn't have done it in the first place and and the funding's lost and we make some justification how we should use the funding for something else um so it's you know the way the being more strategic there's there's so many ways that we can do this better starting mm. with leadership behaviors and having a strategic mindset you talked about curating a strategic mindset i would say that's the first strategic leadership behavior and it's role modeling that whether in your own life um as as a leader in in your organization and also the way that you support your team to have strategic conversations so come to the table and create space rather than operational reviews to be able to say let's have a conversation about um what's actually happening in the market how do how does what we're doing fit in the wider context um and have those conversations schedule them in you you won't have strategic thinking and strategic conversations unless you have the discipline of scheduling them in and recognizing strategic contributions, um, seeking them and expecting them and enabling them to take place. Your people won't realize that that's what actually is important. And you won't mentor your team to be ready for the next strategic challenge that comes because they won't be strategic thinkers. You you talk um you thank you by the way um you mentioned there about 
mentoring people and a little bit earlier and into into you know your answer to my question you use the phrase talk about stepping up tell me a bit more about the the program uh homeward bound and and, and sort of what is it what is it all about and how does it work um i think that i think that that uh you know women and minorities are not well represented in in this space and i think that's you know that's not acceptable and i think that you are a great example of someone who clearly is very very talented you're helping a lot of women and minorities what does that involve I think it starts with recognizing that diversity is a strength. Um, we make better decisions when we come from a place of diversity. And we're better leaders as a collective when we take um, a broader view of, of ideas. Um, so there's plenty of research that bears this out. Um, in order to have diversity, what we often forget is inclusion. And we have diversity programs that bring people in. And having been often the only female or the only white person um, in, a, in a situation or the only Brit, um, with a group of Australians, um, you realise that diversity is one thing. But if you're, you know, you can be invited to the dance, but if you're not invited to dance, you are not taking account and you're not utilising that strength and diversity. So um, coming back to values, you've got to value um collaborative is you've got to value inclusion um you've got to value that you can you can uh, trust people um with the uh, with assets that you know you don't have to hold on to things and that that we have a legacy mindset that we are thinking more more broadly so those are the four values of Homeward Bound, collaborative, inclusive, legacy mindset, and trusted with assets. Um, and that's the basis of having a distributed leadership model where we trust each other um, to take the, uh, take the organization, the initiative forward. Um, and it can be a bit chaotic. Uh, but uh, we reached 1.8 billion, that's with a B, people with no marketing budget in the first four years. Wow. And that's through being able to say, actually, we are going to um, operate on this basis. Um, this is taking us somebody's literally Fabian's dream in 2015 and creating this initiative and movement. Um, so it's a, it is really role modeling 
um, that idea of how do you grow an organization? How do you reach people based on that's a different leadership model? Um, and uh, with being very clear on strategy and very clear on values. Um, and we are not as diverse as we would like to be. Um, a lot of the organization is, is based on volunteers. Um, however, we the cohort that I worked with in Antarctica this year came from 29 countries. And we had people from Cameroon, from Zimbabwe, uh, a lot of South Americans. Um, we had we always have a lot of Australians because it's it was founded in Australia. Um, but 29 countries, I think overall, I don't even know how many countries we represent in the, the sort of group of 800 or 900 of us. I'm not quite sure how many there are of us now. Um, but as I say, diversity is one thing. Right. Yeah. It's all about the inclusion that actually creates the, creates the value. Um, and that requires leadership and the right values-based behaviors. For anyone who's listening who is either identifies as a woman or, or is in a minority, what would the advice be to those people that are looking to advance not just their career, but to pick up the skills that you've been talking about today, Kit? We often say we can't be what we can't see. Um, so having a mentor is a, is a great way to, to be able to step forwards. I was never in a position to have a mentor um, that was like me. I had some fantastic male mm. mentors. Mm. Um, so I would say um, start with knowing that you're enough. That was always something that really helped me um, step into my courage. Don't wait till you're confident because you'll be waiting for a long time. Know that you're enough, step into your courage and find places that can mentor you, places and people um, like uh, the Homeward Bound Initiative. There are other initiatives that are going on. There's other people than, that can support you. And what's wonderful about the Homeward Bound community is that you've got this really strong uh, community of, of women and non-binary people that really support each other. So if you've got a question, I'm going for this role, I've got this choice to make, uh, you know, I've just become, I've just been re recognized um, for an accomplishment. Uh, you've got this community of women. So find your tribe, mm -hmm. find, find your community that will support you um to to step into your courage um and don't wait don't wait for the the conditions to be right because they will never be right don't don't wait for the well when i this or when i have that it's it's stepping into it now and showing up as a constructive leader I would say that it's a really good starting place to know thyself, uh, to have some self-awareness of how what your strengths are 
what how you think and how you show up. Um, I use the human synergistics tools, um, which is a they're, they're based on thinking styles and mm-hmm. you can change your thinking as opposed to a, a psychometric, which requires some more significant uh, intervention to mm-hmm. to shift. Um, but if you can change your thinking style, uh, particularly if you're somebody who um, has a great deal of humility about um, what you might be able to achieve. Um, by shifting your thinking, you can change your world. And that that is so, so powerful. Change your thinking, change your world. Step into your courage, create your create your your destiny really and and work with your find your tribe find a community that will support you i just wanted to thank you uh personally i think this has been a a brilliant um 45 plus minutes spent talking to you kit i think uh there's a lot that we've we've covered here today that i could spend hours talking to you about but i know that uh we have we've always got time pressures um I just wanted to say to everyone, information about Homeward Bound uh, and Kit's contact details will be in the description of this episode. But Kit, if people want to reach out and they don't want to wait a second longer, what's the best place for someone to reach out to you? Uh, well, you can always find uh, find me on LinkedIn, um, which is a good place to 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 read some of the stuff that I I write about on these these topics, um, or by email is the best way really to get hold of me, which is kitkit.jackson at strategytogether.com. Perfect. Thank you, Kit. So there you have it. Thank you, Kit. You are today's strategy hero. And uh, her, her parting comment is change your thinking and change your world. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.